Good morning, Encounter. Let's begin with prayer before we start today's word. Jesus, thank you for leading and guiding each of us here today. I pray that you would help us to follow you, that you would lead and guide this word into our hearts, and that you would help us to be able to live in a transformed way as a result. Open our ears to hear that we might follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. Sometimes we like to take our kids to petting zoos. I don't know if you've ever been to a petting zoo, but usually there's these little um, fences or barns and there's these animals there. And you can buy feed for like 25 cents, put it in your hand and go feed the animals. And so that's something our, um, our kids really enjoy and like to do still at this young age. And so sometimes we go and we buy like sheep feed and we'll just go up to the sheep and you can feed them and they'll eat out of your hand. It's kind of gross actually, but it's cute. They're cute and they're fluffy and they're actually really smelly. You kind of smell them before you see them. And um, we just did that a couple of weeks ago and our kids were just really enthralled with the feeling of being able to take care of these little sheep. And our daughter said, oh, aren't they so cute? And really beauty is in the eye of the beholder because (laughs) they have like matted kind of fur and straw hanging out of their mouth and messed up teeth and weird looking eyes and face a mother could love let's put it that way for these little sheep and they smell and there's nothing really attractive about them but they're so helpless and they're so um they're so attentive to whoever will come over and feed them and help them and and show them any kind of compassion or care and so that is so endearing And today we're going to come to a passage of scripture about sheep and a shepherd. And it's not the one you think. It's not Psalm 23, although that's the famous one we always go to. We're going to be looking at another I am statement of Jesus. And this statement is, I am the good shepherd in John chapter 10. And as we do, we can kind of keep that image of these little helpless animals, these sheep that can't take care of themselves. And Jesus saying and revealing who he is to them, that he is the good shepherd. So let's turn, shall we, to John chapter 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. But I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. Just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold and I must bring them also They will listen to my voice and there will be one flock with one shepherd. The father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what the father commanded. Now this is Jesus in John chapter 10 verses 16 to 18 revealing himself to be the good shepherd. 
Now, we might be familiar with some of this um, illustration in terms of how it coincides with Psalm 23 and the things that we've learned from there over the years. If you spent any time in church, you probably heard that several times um, in the course of a church year cycle. But here Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. And he's really revealing himself, as we've noted earlier in this series, to be God. God is known as the good shepherd, the shepherd of Israel. We see this in the Old Testament many times, God revealing himself to be the shepherd of his people. In Ezekiel chapter 34, God calls himself the shepherd of the sheep and that Israel is his flock. Ezekiel 34 verse 31, you are my flock, the sheep of my pasture. You are my people and I am your God. The sovereign Lord has spoken. And so God reveals himself to be their shepherd who's leading them and guiding them through the wilderness journeys, through the exile that God has not given up on his people. He leads them like a good shepherd. Now, in contrast to this idea of being a good shepherd and God being the people's good shepherd is the idea that there are shepherds who aren't so good, that there are those people that rise up and cause pain and cause harm and cause division amongst God's people. There are those who rise up and are abusive shepherds, those who rise up and are false shepherds. They don't care about the, about the sheep. And Jesus here in John 10 is referring to the religious leaders, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees, to those who would use the people of Israel but not draw them closer to God. And Jesus reveals himself to be the good shepherd in contrast to the bad shepherd. So the context of John 10 is that in John chapter 9, we have the story, and it's a quite familiar one, I'm sure, to many of you, of the blind man who was born at birth blind. And the Pharisees said, who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. He was born this way to show God's glory. And Jesus heals this man and the Pharisees are livid. They're so angry that this man can see again and that the the source of his sight is Jesus' healing power. And they don't want this man telling people his story. And so they excommunicate him. He can no longer come to synagogue. Now that's serious, right? There's consequences for him um, spiritually. There's consequences for him culturally. And so they've kicked this guy out of the synagogue and said, you don't know anything. How could you tell us what to do? And Jesus keeps saying, hey, you guys are blind guides. You think this man can't see? This man can see more than you ever have. And he says to the religious leaders, you can't see anything. And it's in this context, it's in this same day, Jesus is addressing what's happened, the excommunication of this blind man for saying, hey, do you guys want to follow Jesus too? And he says, these are bad shepherds. These are not my heart for you. I am, have the heart of a good shepherd and you belong to my flock. He's really loving this blind man and he's really speaking and teaching the people to tell and to discern the difference between a shepherd who loves and cares for them like Jesus and one who doesn't care for them like the Pharisees. And so when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, this is the context in which he's speaking this. Now, it, it rings back to Ezekiel 34, in which God himself is, is again making this distinction between good and bad shepherds. The, the religious leaders of the time were abusing and were abandoning God's flock. They were um, stealing from them and taking all the spoils for themselves and not caring for the sheep. And so 
Jesus is referring back to that when he shows the Pharisees. He's trying to show them their heart, their motivation, where they're at. And he's saying, I'll be your good shepherd. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fear bad shepherds because I am your good shepherd. I am the one leading you and guiding you. I am, that's that word, ergo eimi in Greek. I am that I am, reference back to Moses. I am your good shepherd. And so the people have a lot of fear in their heart. What's going to happen to them? Who's going to take care of them? Whose word do they trust? Do they touch, trust the teachers of the law and the rabbis or do they trust Jesus? And Jesus reveals himself to be the good shepherd. And today in your life, wherever you're at, and today in my life, and today in the life of our community, we can trust that we have a good shepherd. If you've been in church for any period of time in your life, there's a likely chance that you have encountered a bad shepherd at some point, that you have been hurt by the church community, that you have been hurt by, by a leadership uh, person in a church community. And if that's your story, I'm so sorry to hear that, that you have been hurt by those who are attempting or saying they're going to represent Jesus. And that's many people's stories. And today, if that's your position, if that's where you've been, we just want to welcome you. And we just want to say, you have a good shepherd in Jesus. Please don't let the hurt and the pain that you have experienced in the past keep you from following Jesus. Because even when everyone around you is not good, Jesus is always good. It's a characteristic of who he is that he cannot deny. And so he is the good shepherd today. And so what does this mean that we have a good shepherd in Jesus? Well, it means that he is very loving. He is a loving shepherd. And how do we see this? We see this throughout this passage, even earlier in John chapter 10. He is so loving. And we know this because he knows his sheep. John 10 verse 14. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. There is a need deep in the heart of each person to be known and to be loved. See, sometimes we can think we're loved. We're in a relationship. Maybe that person says, oh, I love you so much. And there can be part of us, the part of us that's not fully known or hasn't disclosed itself that can say, well, you say that, but if you really knew me or you really knew X, Y, Z about me, you wouldn't love me. And that's a lie many of us can believe, a hindrance to love. But when it comes to Jesus' love, he knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows X, Y, Z, and A to Z in between all of that. He knows everything there is to possibly know about who you've been, about who you are, and about who you're going to be. And so when Jesus says that he loves you, you can 100% be assured that that love is real and that love is based on truth, not on an image you have projected to earn love, but on who you are. Jesus knows his sheep. He knows you. That's part of being a good shepherd. 
um, in preparation for this sermon, I stumbled down a little YouTube rabbit hole in which I discovered a 1963 BBC documentary exploring <laughs> the idea that a shepherd knows his sheep's voice. Now, I don't know what kind of documentaries they were airing in 1963, but this like seven minute segment was so fascinating. They had a shepherd and the shepherd had hundreds of of of, of sheep. And you can Google this later after the sermon's over. He had hundreds of sheep. And so the BBC journalists, they brought in three sheep that look to our eyes as completely the same as all the shepherd sheep. They had the same looking horns, the same looking fur, the same body type, shape. There was no way um, anybody who's not a shepherd could tell apart these three sheep from the other ones. And so what they did was they put a mark on the bellies of these three sheep so it wouldn't be seen from from around, you'd have to pick up the sheep and look at it to see, to say, okay, these are the three sheep, the stranger sheep that we're going to bring into this man's flock. Hundreds of sheep in this flock. So they let these sheep go, and then they bring the shepherd out, and they say, okay, you said that you know your sheep. Let's experiment. Let's explore this. Let's see if that's actually true. How could you know? Really? Come on. Hundreds of sheep, they all look and smell the same. Um, how are you going to do this? And the shepherd, it's so wild. He walks into the pasture and he runs in the middle of these sheep and he's pushing sheep out of the way and he grabs this one sheep and he says, this one. And then the, the, the crew takes that one away and he has like a shot at two more. And he walks through the crowd and he runs over and he just grabs another sheep out of nowhere, puts his thing, and then a third. Okay, so he has his three picks. Now you can tell at this point the journalist is highly skeptical that these three sheep that have been chosen are the, the random stranger sheep that they introduced to the flock. But sure enough, one by one, they lift these sheep up, look at their belly, there's the mark that they don't belong to this flock. And they say to the shepherd, like, this is wild. How could you tell? How did you know? And he's just like, well, I know my sheep. <laughs> I can't give you all the details. I just know them. I've spent time with them. I've gotten to know them. I know who they, I know who belongs to me. I don't, I can't quantify for you how I can tell. I just know who are mine. Wow. That is so interesting in light of this passage that Jesus, I am the good shepherd. And part of being a good shepherd means knowing my sheep. Jesus knows you. He knows you and he loves you. He knows your needs. He knows the needs that you are embarrassed to express to other people. He knows them. Jesus knows your desires and your longings, your hopes for the future that you've been maybe afraid to express to someone else. Jesus knows your family. He knows your background, where you come from, the dysfunction of your family of origin. He knows the joys that your family experiences and the pains and the fears. He knows you. This In this documentary that of this shepherd, something, the other thing that was remarkable was that he knew each of his sheep individually. The journalist went back out and pulled out a random sheep and said, which sheep is this? And there was a tag on the sheep's ear. And the shepherd was like, oh, this is T111. And um, 
this this sheep has a sister and a mother and the sheep's father was like a purebred and was like, whoa, gave a whole family history of this one sheep. And the journalist was like, okay, let me try again and pulls out another sheep. And sure enough, the shepherd's able to say, oh, this is sheep B655 or whatever it is they named them by the naming system. He knew the sheep by name. He knew the sheep's family history. He knew the background of the sheep, what had happened to this sheep. That was wild. And that's a modern day shepherd with a huge flock. And when Jesus says that he knows his sheep by name, he knows you by name and he loves you. Luke 12, seven says that even the very hairs on your head are numbered. When you go to brush your hair and some of the hair comes out and for some of us, it's more than others. Um, Jesus keeps track of that. He cares about the intimate details of your life. He is attentive and loving to you. One of my favorite passages in Isaiah refers back to this idea that God knows us by name. The Lord talks to his people and in Isaiah chapter 43, it says, but now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I have called you by name and you are mine. This idea is echoed again in John 10 as Jesus is the good shepherd. He calls you by name. You belong to him. You're part in Jesus Christ. You are part of the flock that he has called by name and he gets to know you intimately and well. And so this good shepherd is loving because he is all knowing. He knows you and he loves you. He's called you by name. He doesn't just know you as in like, there's another Christian, there's another church goer, there's some, someone else who's part of this flock here. No, he knows you individually. He knows you by name and he calls you by name. Another characteristic of a good shepherd. So he knows you and he protects you. Jesus says that a good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And we know that's in reference to the cross, that Jesus is going to give his life for his sheep, for the sheep that were part of the pen of Israel, and then the sheep that were part of the pen of the Gentiles, and they become one flock under one shepherd, um, under Jesus. And that's what he refers to here in John 10. But there's a beautiful mixing of metaphors here in terms of laying down his life. Now, Jesus earlier in John chapter 10 says, I am the door or I am the gate for the sheep. Now, the beautiful picture here is that in ancient Palestine in the first century, they would build pens for their sheep. And so they would take giant rocks and, and make a circular formation of them to protect the sheep at nighttime. So the shepherd would be with their sheep all day. And then at nighttime, they would have to have some sort of um, sheep fold that they would have to make, makeshift sheep folds. So they put rocks around in circular formation, maybe put some branches on top of those rocks, hopefully some thorns uh, mixed in there to do two things, to keep wolves out from climbing in and, and stealing a sheep in the night and killing them and to keep sheep from jumping out and wandering off and hurting themselves. So it would keep them, the sheep inside enclosed and keep anything that was harmful outside. 
Now, there was an entranceway to this sheep enclosure that was makeshift and handmade built in the countryside. And this entrance um, didn't have a gate, right? Like it wasn't like built like today's standards with with wood planks and a, a nice little gate you could put a key in and take out. No, what would happen is the shepherd himself would lie down in the entranceway. And so when Jesus says, I am the gate for the sheep, I lay down my life. He's literally making a reference to this illustration here that a shepherd would lie down in the gateway, that that the shepherd would be that what is keeping the sheep ultimately safe because anything that wanted to come into that sheep pen to harm the sheep would have to pass through the shepherd. And any sheep that would want to wander off and, and be hurt or be harmed, they would have to pass by the shepherd. And so the shepherd himself is laying himself down in danger's path in harm's way, he's laying down his life for these sheep. Now, if a shepherd would do that for like sheep that are not the smartest animals, cleanest animals, that are completely defenseless and dependent on him, how much more so our savior lay down his precious life for each of us, that to have us in this fold of the sheep of God, that he has given his very life, for us. And the only way in is through that sacrifice, is through Jesus and what he has done in laying down his life. The only way to come in, to be part of the sheepfold, to be part of the community of faith is through Christ. And when Jesus says, I am the door to the sheepfold earlier in John 10, he's making reference to himself as a good shepherd, as a protecting shepherd, that he stands in between anything and us. Anything that would want to harm us, that would want to um, devastate our faith and our soul, that Jesus stands in between. And if we want to be part of the sheepfold, we have to come through him. There's no other way in. He said, anybody else who tries to come into this sheepfold and some other way, like climbing over, is a thief and a robber. It's not the right way in. You can't get into Jesus' flock by your own efforts. You can't get into Jesus' flock um, with the wrong motives. You need to come through Christ. And it is his laying down of his very life that makes this possible. We know that shepherds had a very dangerous job. In 1 Samuel 14, we hear about David telling Saul that when he was a shepherd, David, the ultimate shepherd, other than Jesus, um, he had to fight off barehanded a lion and a bear. He used his sling to fight off lions and bears as, as a young man caring for the sheep. And we know this was not an easy task or an easy job. And Jesus, he puts himself in that place. He stands between us and whatever's trying to come and get us, whatever's trying to steal us away, and he will keep us safe in his sheepfold. What a beautiful personal savior not only does he know us, but he protects us and he lays down his life for us. And what an ultimate hope we have in Jesus that he says, I don't just lay down my life, but I take it up again. So he doesn't just die for his sheep and then leave them vulnerable and harassed and scattered and abandoned. No, rather he is resurrected and therefore our shepherd eternally is caring for us. He lays down his life. He comes in between us and the danger of sin and of hell and he takes up his life again and we have that good shepherd leading us and guiding us. So he's a good shepherd because he knows us intimately He's a good shepherd because he protects us fiercely. 
And he's a good shepherd because he leads us faithfully. And we see here um, in verse chapter 3 that he calls his own sheep by name. They recognize his voice and come to him. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of him and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Now, the thing about sheep is that from from early on, right from the moment that they're born, they start to clue in. They start to um, attach themselves to the voice of their shepherd. They know their shepherd's voice. Now, in first century Palestine, what would happen is in the city, when there were sheep enclosures, people would come maybe to Jerusalem for a festival. Shepherds would come and they would take turns watching each other's flocks. So at one point, there would be maybe multiple flocks in one sheep enclosure. And one shepherd would be dutied to today's your day. Um, you're going to care for our sheep. And then tomorrow we'll switch and it'll be me and then the next person. And when the shepherds are ready to take their sheep home, what they would have to do is all their sheep would be kind of mixed up together. It might be like two or three or four flocks all together. And how are they going to separate them? And so in first century Palestine, what they would do is the shepherd would come out walk into the sheepfold and he would speak to the sheep. He would make a whistle or a call and the sheep would hear his voice and they would follow their shepherd home. So they wouldn't stay in the flock and say, oh, I'm confused. Wait, which shepherd's ours again? Oh, I like it here. I just want to stay here. No, sheep would follow their shepherd's voice. They know who takes care of them and they follow him. They're scared of other voices that they don't recognize. They wouldn't They wouldn't follow another shepherd. They know and they're tuned in, they're keyed into their shepherd's voice. Why? Because their shepherd has attended to them. Their shepherd has cared for them. And in the same way, our shepherd cares for us. Our shepherd wants us to know his voice, to be secure in his voice, in his leading and his guiding. Because when we know his voice, we can confidently and assuredly be led by our faithful shepherd. We can follow him with full confidence and saying, if this is where you were leading, good shepherd, I know it is good because you are good. And so even though we're scared little sheep and at times we think, where is he going? We know we can follow him. He's good, a good shepherd and we can tune into his voice. And so how do we become familiar with the voice of God? This good shepherd helps us to learn the cues and sounds of his voice. Now, I know in this new generation, you don't have to call someone's house. You know, we have cell phones. Everyone's individually connected to each other. But when I was growing up, and this ages me, I'm, I guess, <laughs> um, you had to call your friend's house to talk to them. So you had to like say like, oh, hey, we didn't have caller ID. You didn't know who was calling you. You'd pick up the phone and say, oh, hello. And if it was your mom, you'd be like, oh, hey, mom. If it was a new friend that you hadn't met or hadn't known and you ended up picking up the phone, I'm sorry, can I ask who's calling? If they're asking for your mom or asking for someone in your family, because you weren't sure of the voice on the other end. There was no caller ID to say, this is who's calling. You would just have to learn over time, become familiarized with the voice on the other end. And if it's your spouse, you've heard that person's voice many times, <laughs> hopefully, and you can recognize that person. That person comes in through the door and says, hey, honey, I'm home. 
you know, okay, that's actually my husband. Now, if somebody else came through the door, you never heard their voice. It's like, hey, I'm home. You're like, who is this? I don't know who this person is. You don't recognize their voice. And so you think that person doesn't belong here. That's not, that person's not part of this family. We're just going to have to lock the door. We have to take precautions. But when we can become familiar with Jesus' voice, we spend time with Jesus. We talk to Jesus. We allow him to talk to us. We start to recognize this is what his voice sounds like. This is why it's so important to come to scripture over and over and over again. And there are days where it might feel really mundane and tedious, but you know what? We're learning through practice. This is what Jesus' voice sounds like. This is the voice of my good shepherd. So when we have those internal um, thoughts and those internal promptings, we can say, we can start to discern, does this sound like the voice of my shepherd? As we're discerning decisions that are pretty big in our community, we can say, does this sound like the voice of our shepherd? And for those of us that have been training ourselves to hear him, we can start to recognize this sounds like him. This seems like him. This doesn't contradict anything I know to be true about God, about what he's revealed himself to be like in scripture, um, the commands of scripture, of church tradition. This sounds like my shepherd, I want to follow him. Now see sheep left to themselves, left to lead and guide themselves. They get themselves in a lot of trouble. Sheep can eat poisonous plants to their own detriment and they, they won't even know. And they'll just keep eating them and keep eating them. They're like, I don't feel so good. Maybe I should have some more. And they just keep eating these plants until they die. Or if sheep aren't um, set in a straight line to follow, they can just go around in a circle and in a circle and in a circle and just be like stuck kind of in a loop. Or sheep that go near water, they're scared of, of rushing busy water. They can fall in and they become downcast. Their fur gets full of uh, mud and full of water and they just get stuck on their back and they're like, help me, they're helpless. They need a shepherd to lead them. They need a shepherd to guide them. And in the same way, we need Jesus. We need our good shepherd. And part of being a good shepherd is that he lets us recognize his voice. He lets us become familiar with his voice. He's talking to us. He's leading us. He's guiding us. And we can trust him to follow him. So when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, it means he's unlike any leader that you've ever had or will ever have. I can speak as a leader. It's hard sometimes. I am not the good shepherd that Jesus is. But I endeavor to become more like him by spending more and more time with him. And so as leaders, sometimes we will fail. Even with our best and most well-intentioned endeavors. And so if you have any kind of pain from any leadership in the past that you have experienced, please bring that to Jesus. Allow your good shepherd to know you and to heal you. Because he does know you. He knows those pains that you carry. And so in order for us to go forward as a community, we want those things to be healed. We want the good shepherd to attend to them. And I hope that here at Encounter, you can have a corrective experience for some of those things that you have encountered in the past. Because your good shepherd, he knows you. Your good shepherd, he protects you. He lays down his very life for you that you might have life in him. And thirdly, your good shepherd leads you by allowing you to know his voice more and more clearly. Jesus is your good shepherd. Jesus is mine. So we need to live like this is true because it is. 
And so if there's any area in your life where you feel confused or lost or afraid, you're in good company. You're here in a community with a lot of other sheep and each of us have our own needs and issues and and areas where we're discerning. If at work you find yourself not knowing what the next right move is, not knowing what the next step is, you can trust your shepherd. He is leading you. He is guiding you to good green pastures. Let's pray. Jesus, you are our good shepherd, and I pray that you would help us to embrace the truth that you know us and love us, to thank you and be grateful for the truth that you have laid down your life for us, that you protect us constantly from things we can't even know or see. And thank you, Jesus, that you are leading and guiding us in the future, and we can trust you and help us to follow you faithfully as you faithfully lead. In your name we pray. Amen.